And let's, let's pray before we get into the word real quick today. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to magnify you, to praise you in your, and, and just spend time with you in the word. And Lord, I just ask you for your anointing and your presence today as we share, Lord, what I think you want us to know for the rest of this month about how we can live a Christmas life and celebrate you every day in our hearts. And we just thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Everybody pray it out loud with me. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I open my heart and I open my ears and I expect you to open and my heart is ready for what you have for me today. In Jesus' name. Now let's do this for me. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five and you can be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. I read this um, quote from Tony Cook several years ago, and the quote was, you should uh, not just live for a Christmas day, but you should live a Christmas life. And I, over the years, you know, I've shared that with all of you, and, um, but I got to thinking about it. I was in Knoxville over the weekend, you know, and uh, I get back to the hotel late at night, and I'm exhausted, but every morning I woke up, I kept thinking about what Tony had said in that uh, a sermon that he put together, and um, I'm not preaching his sermon today, um, I'm preaching what the Lord laid on my heart, but uh, he always, he talked about how it's important that we live a Christmas life. A lot of people just live for that Christmas day. We think about all the food, the celebration, being with family, that's all good. Uh, but Jesus came, it's not just a baby in a manger seat. He came, he, he was raised from the dead. He died for you, right? And uh, uh, it's important that we celebrate the Christmas life every day. So the Lord laid it on my heart that I needed to share with you what is a Christmas life. So as we start this series today, I want to share with you in these messages things that remind us why daily we should be celebrating the Christmas life. And today, the Christ of Christmas gave you and he gave me our identity. Say that with me. Say, Jesus gave me my identity. Are you ready for this? All right. Well, the Christmas life gave us a way to a new life. In fact, we read in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any person, this is the Amplified, if any person is engrafted, you know, think about the verses where Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, all that. You've got to be doing some abiding every day. That's part of the Christmas life, too. I'm not going there, but that really is. If you're abiding in Him, you live in peace all the time. If you're abiding in Him, there's joy in your life. Even when all hell breaks loose, even if you lost somebody you really care about, on the inside, there's still that eternal hope and that eternal peace. Come on, say amen. 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 But the Lord did this for us. The, the Christ of Christmas did this for you and me. If anyone, any person engrafted in Christ, the Messiah. He is a new creation, a new creature all together. I love that. The old, previous, moral, spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. Amen. And I've shared this verse before. I, I think it's the J.B. Phillips. I could be wrong. But one, uh, one translator wrote in his commentary, it says that you are a new species of being that has never existed before. Your Christmas life is a new 
thing that's never existed before. But yet a lot of times we don't grasp that. Our confession wanes from what the Word says. We're more led by how we feel than we are by the things that we say in faith. The Christ of Christmas provided all that we need. He provided a new life for you and for me. Can you say amen? You know, back when I traveled all the time, I stayed at a hotel right across from the McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, and my room faced the, the runway, and uh, when I got back uh, about midnight one night, I, I, I think it was Friday night, I sat there and just watched the, uh, the Air Force land in planes because the tanker units are there at McGee Tyson, and they fly and do tanker things, but I was thinking about flying and all the times of traveling, and you know, uh, when you fly commercial, uh, when you when you you got to check in for the flight, and they always ask you for something when you walk up to the counter. And what is that? They ask for your ticket, and they ask for your ID, right? And if you don't have your ID, well, you know you're not going to board that plane. You're not going through security either. You know you don't just you don't just walk up to the counter and say, "Here I am." <laughs> yeah, it's me. Here I am. No, you can't do that. Now, in Tulsa, we flew so much, you know, the sky cabs. I miss the sky cabs, don't you? They come out when you flew all, flew all the time. The ones in Tulsa knew her names. And we would walk up, and I'd pull out everything for the book tables. And they, uh, the one guy would always smile and said, Hey, Pastor Farmer, how are you doing? And he'd grab my bags and throw them on the cart. And uh, I'd tip him, but he says, You're going to have the best trip ever. I said, All right, I agree with that. And we walked in. He went to church, too. Um, but they always knew who we were when we got back to the counter because it was a common thing to take that morning flight to Dallas. Uh, you know you were right where you needed to be. But you know what? You can't just walk into the airport today and say, here I am. Can't you see it's me? I mean, that's not enough. You've got you to gotta prove who you are. You've got to present official identification. Everybody say Identification. The Christ of Christmas gave you identification. Whoo! Amen. You know, in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, all of us, you, me, we must carry spiritual identification so that we can do spiritual business. Come on. Every one of us in the kingdom of God, we got to carry spiritual identification to do spiritual business. Well, the Word of God must be engrafted into your inner man so that you will live in the consciousness of who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You know, if you do that, James 1.22 talks about that, it's your official legal identification. Amen. We need to live in the consciousness of who we are in Him. You know, the Bible the anointing, talks about the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Well, the anointing of the Holy Ghost will confirm that you are who God says you are and that you have what God says you have. That's why we spend time praying in the Spirit. That's why we spend time in the Word. That's why we spend more time speaking the Word than speaking trouble. Amen. It is your consciousness. It is who you are. It is all that you are. When I got born again... I had an identity change. How about you? And the Christ of Christmas gave me that. The Christ of Christmas 
gave me that identification. Amen. Every touch of the anointing, every touch of the anointing will supply your true identification every time. The more you pray, the more you seek Him, His anointing in you and upon you, it reveals to you all that you are in Him. And we have to live that way. In fact, the words identification, identity, identical, identified. Amen. We've got to preach like we're in first church. Identification. Identify. Identical. Identified. That's who I am. How about you? Amen. All those things are related to each other. In fact, identification is defined in Webster's Dictionary as considering or treating as the same. Stop and dwell on that for a minute. Selah. Pause and calmly think about that. So identification means the same. So if I'm identifying with the Christ of Christmas, who gave me a brand new heart, a brand new life, who cleansed me by his blood, delivered me from sickness and disease, gave me peace which surpasses all understanding. I identify, therefore, we are the same. Are you listening to me today? The Christ of Christmas did that for you. In fact, it goes on to say in Webster's, considering or treating as the same. The condition or fact of being the same in all qualities under consideration. Amen. You know, a lot of people live and die and they never really find their true identity. They play with the things of God instead of receiving the things of God. They play with the things of God instead of receiving the things of God. They never figure out who they are. So what do they do? They constantly assume and act like somebody else instead of being the same. Now hear me out. Some people identify in these days with a celebrity. You know, they're going around taking selfies, trying to be the latest hip thing, posting all sorts of stuff. They identify with celebrities, sports figures, cowboys back in the old days. I, how many of y'all, when you were younger, had cowboy belt, holster, guns, whole thing, plastic bullets? I mean, it was happening, amen? We even had them bubblegum cigarettes. Oh, go ahead, put them up. I'm going to gun your butt down right now. Right? My cousin and I, Donna, we'd sit on the back porch. We had our McDonald's french fries. We'd sit there and dip them in ketchup and say, I'm smoking. Because <laughs> as kids, you identified with things. Amen. I used to have a, a puppet rabbit. In my, I don't know what happened to that rabbit. Mom sewed buttons on it, and I had a, uh, I could stick my hand up that rabbit. And how many remember the Captain Kangaroo? Oh, my God. Y'all the right crowd I'm with today. Captain Kangaroo and Dancing Bear, Mr. Green Jeans. But what about Mr. Rabbit? Bunny Rabbit. Wasn't he so fun? I'd sit in my bedroom, flip the bed up, and play Bunny Rabbit. I talked to him. Hi, Mr. Bunny Rabbit. How are you? Well, I'm just fine, James. How are you? Y'all understand what I'm saying? You've got to identify. I was an only child for nine and a half years. 
And then my brothers came. Things were perfect, then they came. I wasn't so perfect anymore. I wasn't the only one, right? Y'all understand? I have wonderful brothers. I do. I spent time with my brother David uh, privately. We had a good time. Can I tell you a story that happened to us? I, 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 <laughs> you know, um, <sighs> talk about identify. This big smiling Baptist boy, he had to be about 18 years old. He was at the rehab center. And, and my hip had, has been bothering me. And every once in a while, I'm, trying, I'm doing this right now so I don't stand up. If I stand too long, it's been a thing. And uh, I went and saw the doctor Friday, and it's going to be good. Not a problem. Getting better, amen? amen. But uh, I went and got my cane out of the car because, I, I mean, it had been a long day. I'd been on my feet all day. And David goes, you all right? I said, well, you might have to carry me in here in a minute. So we go walking in the door, and these boys, when we walked out, they had their guitars, they had their banjos, they had an upright bass, and they were going to somebody's room or another couple people's room in the first wing of the Life Care Center in Blount County. And uh, uh, I could hear them. They were singing hymns and worship songs. But this guy, he, I knew he was Baptist the moment I saw him because he's just tell, you know. And he just had this big old grin on his face. And he came out around the corner. He said, how you doing? Do you know the Lord Jesus? <laughs> Have you made him your Lord and Savior? Have you asked him into your heart? And I started talking to him. I said, yes, yes. But are you sure? <laughs> Tell me now. And I told him what I did. I told him who, my, who was with me here. This is David. And he, I, I didn't get to even say it was my brother. And uh, I hear you're a pastor, but have you actually got on your knees and asked Christ into your heart? And I started laughing like you are. And I go, yes. Well, I see the joy of the Lord in your eyes right now. Y'all have a blessed day. And he looked at David. He said, you're a good son taking your daddy back in there. I didn't tell him anything. I walked all the way in, and uh, we laughed all the way back to the room. It was funny. Anyway, I identified with my brother as my son. That's a whole different twist. Matthew's been said that he was the older one in uh, at one restaurant, but <laughs> it wasn't that way this time. <clears throat> anyway, that's a side trip. All right. You know, um, a lot of people, though, they identify, that's where I was, identifying with Mr. Rabbit, uh, Bunny Rabbit, uh, cowboy, gangster, you know, uh, someone, I, when I was a kid, I had a, one of those Tommy guns, you know, with the round thing on it, you know, and, and we had a lot of fun playing in the backyard with stuff, neighbor kids and things, but, you know, we identify with stuff, with things, you know, somebody made an impression on you, certain cartoons or movies made an impression on you. Uh, I remember watching Mannix as a kid. My dad liked to watch Mannix, and I liked to watch Mannix, and I got the whole series at home. And, uh, and I've, I've watched periodically several episodes, but, uh, you know, you know uh, Mike Connors jumping off of a building, jumping on some guy. I tried that in the backyard with one of my neighbor friends. I was going to take him down. We were playing bad guys, you know, and good guys. And I jumped off the doghouse. I winded myself so bad, I hit the ground, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> But man, I was identifying with Mannix. People identify with things. 
things that made an impression on them. A lot of people identify with a problem that they have. And they call themselves by that name. Such as divorced, alcoholic, bankrupt. Some people identify with their work so much that if they lose their job, they lose their identity. Many people identify primarily with their race or their nationality. And that gets you into the flesh and takes love out of the picture. Paul talked about that in the first two chapters of Ephesians, if you really examine it right. There are even websites that help you trace your ancestry. Has anybody in here done that? Okay, thank you. Not a bad thing to do, but I don't identify with the past. I identify with who I am in Him. Amen. See, some, some have experienced identity theft, too, where thieves have broken into their financial accounts and others are confused about their identity so much, even their gender in the days we're living in. I think they ought to be smacked around a little bit, but that's my opinion. They really need help. Honestly, Tony Cook and I talked about this. They need a healing. They're confused. They need love, not your hate. We're supposed to be the body of Christ, not the grumpy Christ but the love of Christ. But I want to tell you something today. There's good news. What is it? Your identity in Christ supersedes all other identities. Think about that. The Christ of Christmas gave me my identity. And my identity in Him supersedes all other identities. Can you say amen? amen. You know, uh, Jesus is greater Say that with me. Say, my Jesus, my Jesus is greater than anything that has ever happened to me. Now breathe deep for a minute. Jesus is greater than anything that's ever happened to me. The reality of my redemption swallows up all of my old identity. Think about it. The reality of your redemption, the Christ of Christmas swallowed up all of your previous condition. And Jesus took, He took your identical condition on the cross so that you could receive His identical condition. As He was in heaven, so are you now. As He is, so are you. Right? He laid down His royalty so that you could take it. Oh my God. The Christ of Christmas laid down his royalty to become a baby in a manger so that you could have his identity. He took back what Adam sold so that you could identify and receive his identical condition. And just because something has happened to you does not mean that is who you are. Your identity is different from your behavior. And the revelation of your identity in Christ Jesus must be stronger than all other identifications. Stronger than Mr. Rabbit. Or Bunny Rabbit. Or the Dancing Bear. Or Mr. Green Jeans. It's, it's, it's got to be beyond that. See, the revelation of your identity in Christ Jesus needs to be stronger than all other identifications. 
And that revelation will change your behavior if you really start abiding in him. It'll change the words that you speak. It'll change the way you shout. It'll change the way you praise God because your praise is a weapon that keeps the devil away. Amen. Because you're doing something he used to do all the time and he can't do it anymore because God gave it all to you. You're better, right? Why he gets so irritated about your life. When you start identifying with who you are, you'll have praise in your step. You'll have a skip in your walk. You'll be happy. You'll find out what's real, what real peace is because you're living the Christmas life and not for a Christmas day. Jesus took your identical, uh, he took your identi- identical condition on the cross so that you could receive his identical condition. Amen. How about this? You can never rise in your life above your own understanding of who you are in Christ. You can never rise in your life above your own understanding of who you are in Christ. If, if it was God who identified us with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, and his being seated in heaven at the right hand of God. So, if I'm the same, right? That means the strongest revelation in the Bible really is who you are in him. Because within that, your identity is just beyond anything fathomable. Because he changed you. Can you say amen? amen? Let me wrap this up. You know, throughout the Bible, God changed people's identities. Sometimes they, they didn't even recognize who God said they were. Like, here's a good example. What about Gideon? He was a mighty man of valor, and he was living in a cave, right? God called him a mighty man of valor, but yet he's scared spitless and living in a cave. How about this one? You know, what about Abram? God changed Abram to what? Right? The father of many. And when he had no children, he changed Abraham's identity and he changed his destiny. What about Sarai? God changed her name to what? Sarah. Meaning, you know what it means? It means princess. So you ladies don't get mad if I say princess to you. Because you're special. Sarah means princess. What about Jacob? Jacob was known as the deceiver. But Jacob's name was changed to Israel. The prince of God. See, God's in the identity changing business. But he did the ultimate identity change when he sent his only son, that Christmas child that was laid in the manger. He sent his only son, and he absolutely took all the tablecloth out from under the big, long family table, and all the dishes set up straight, because he changed everything so that you could be one with him. My God, think about that. What about Saul of Tarsus? His name was changed to who? Paul. Say his name. Paul. The Apostle Paul. Well, the Apostle Paul went on to write more than half of the New Testament and established churches during his three-year missionary journey. God really changed his life. It makes that thing Tony shared with us when he was here when they showed the picture of the block where Paul got his head cut off. 
Y'all remember the story how he broke free from the guards? History says he ran towards that chopping block and laid his head on it because he was, one, he was so ready to see the one who changed his life and changed his identity. Think about that. And you're supposed to live better than you are right now. Because he gave you everything. Yet we're wishy-washy about the word. And we need to stop it. We need to quit identifying things, identifying with things that do not belong to us. We don't go by what we feel. We go by what we believe. And we speak what we believe. Can you say amen? Yeah. See, what about, what about Simon Peter? Simon. You know, they call him Simon Peter, but Jesus changed Simon, whose name meant reed. I'm talking about a flimsy reed, right? It meant reed, and he changed his name to what? Peter. And Peter means a piece of the rock. A piece of the rock. You know, the moment the Holy Ghost gave Peter uh, uh, the revelation of who Jesus was, Peter looked at Jesus, and what did he tell him? He says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what did Jesus do? The Bible says Jesus turned immediately and said, He looked at him, he turned immediately, and he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew 16, verses 16 through 19. Which brings me to the close here. The moment... The moment you confess who Jesus is, he tells you who you are. The moment you confessed him as your Savior and Lord, he began the process of telling you who you are. But the thing is, what will you grab hold of and take as your own? He's given you all of it, but for some reason the body of Christ, they allow other things to cloud their vision. They've lost imagination when it comes to using their faith. And the Christ of Christmas, he gave you everything that you need to live the way that God's called you to live. In fact, all these Bible characters I just shared with you, they had an identity change to carry the spiritual inheritance God wanted them to carry. But we too, folks, we have an identity change to fulfill the destiny and the dream that God has for you and the dream that God has for me. He did that so that you could live above it all. He did that so that you could be more powerful than you ever imagined because the power of God's on the inside of you. It's not something that comes upon you. Oh yeah, the power comes upon you at times, but you have the living God on the inside of you, right? When you speak to a mountain, the mountain has to move. Amen. It does. We have had an identity change so that we can fulfill the destiny and the dreams that God has for us. And you know, he may call us something when there's no physical evidence to support it. But he reserves the right as our creator to show us how he sees us and what he sees in us. And Jesus, the Christ of Christmas, who gave you a Christmas life, Jesus actually holds the copyright for your identity, and it's the same as his. Amen. He holds the copyright, too, for all of humanity. And he's the original manufacturer. And he can remanufacture or remake 
and reveal to you and to me who he says you are. Did you get that? So I'm telling you today, do not, under any circumstances, let your head, let your feelings, or anyone else tell you who you are. Because only God, your creator, only God, your creator, has the right to determine your true identity. Don't speak things that aren't yours. Jesus delivered you, right? Amen? Amen? Don't let anyone tell you who you are or who you're not. God changed your destiny when he sent his son, born in a manger, who walked this earth and at 33 years old gave it up, laid it down, let the nails be driven, let the blood be spilled. He bowed his head and he said, it's finished. But three days later, he was raised from the dead. And now everyone who receives him has a new identification. Not only is he my resurrected Lord, but he's, we're the same. <laughs> I can't say that enough. We're the same. Are you the same? Give you three scriptures here. Even Jesus Christ found his identity in the scriptures and he declared it. We see that scripture he declared in Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2 and then Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me. See, you and I, we have to declare our identity in Christ to fulfill our destiny. What is that? Well, here's a couple of verses. You ought to write them down today. I think they're in your handout. But I am crucified. Let's say it together. Say it with me. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. You see that? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And then the next one, uh, the one we started with this morning. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the last one, I want you to really catch this. Because a lot of you talk bad about yourselves. Talking about things that really don't belong to you. Don't put down God's workmanship. Because you are his workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny. And the good works we would do to fulfill it. Folks, the Christmas life that I've been talking about today, this is one aspect that Christ Jesus has given you. You have a new identity. I don't know about you, but that's something to shout about. When you walk in him every day, you'll begin to see and know the depths of peace, the depths of his joy, the depths of his power, and the depths of his glory that goes beyond all you can even imagine or think by the power of God that's on the inside of you. Can you say amen today? Amen. amen. Bow your heads with me and let's pray because you too can live a, Christian, live a Christmas life. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for your word today. Lord, we just ask you right now to, mm, Lord, just reveal to us every day who we are and that we have a blessing of living a Christmas life, not a Christmas day. And Lord, the mere fact that you've gave us a new identity, Lord, that we can be the same when we realize that we're abiding in you and you are abiding in us. 
When we realize the things that you told us and taught us in the word, the things that Paul and others have ministered, when we realize who we are in you, it's astounding. It's overwhelming. And we have truly so much to be grateful and thankful for today. And Lord, right now, I just pray for our church family today. And those of you watching online, I'm praying for you too. Oh, Lord, help them to see that they identify with Jesus, not with the things of the world, not with sickness, not with disease, not with poverty, not with lack, but they identify with you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who has delivered them, who gave them a new registration, a new identity. Oh, Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for what you did for us. Thank you for being willing to come, to be born, to grow up from a baby to a man, taking on every sin, every sickness, every disease, every stripe, being nailed to a tree to break all the bondages off of all of humanity. Lord, may we see who we are. May we look in the mirror and see that we are truly a king's kid and that we're blessed of you. And we have a new identity, not of weakness, but of great strength. In Jesus' name right now. If you're watching online,